What is up? What's up? Waiting for Justin. And then I'm going to bring on the guest here. What? There he goes. What's up? First round down, baby. Everyone, welcome to the first and last hit podcast. Hey, hey, you know what? It's so good to be back. Uh, I'm so sorry, fellas, about last week. You know, I had the flu, but I'm back and I'm, I am wanted to do, I want to say this, man, I am down 19 pounds and I feel freaking amazing. So let's go. And hey, guys, this is, if anyone knows, we are, this is a two, this is a two, uh, this is a two game tournament right now. And that's what this is. You win the first two games, you go to the Sweet 16. You win the next two, you're in the Final Four. So that's what we got to do, guys. Hey, we started off. We started off slow. We started off rough. And then we. Man, I we didn't know. It I didn't know we, we had a, David Robinson's kid on the team, man. Oh yeah, dude, that's David Robinson's kid. You didn't know we had Justin Robinson? No, I didn't know that, dude. Uh, he played against Pittsburgh. Last year, and he had like three threes or something like that. He had a bunch of he had a bunch of rebounds. Yeah, he, he was good. He was good. And hey, let's just put this out there: Baker has a wet shot, dude. That form is beautiful. Baker, yes, it is. Dude, I'm telling you, man, they're gonna be they're gonna be special for us if we can get a couple of threes from them and. Cam Reddish gets his uh, his mojo back, man. It's 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 going to be tough, man, for anybody to beat us. You eat the green beans. You always get that. Is it good? Or yes, something? it's good. So, oh, Dad, how you give me a second. What you want, baby? Oh. But yeah, hey, Liberty's about to beat Mississippi State. Happy for Liberty, man. They're close to me. They were down by like. Like twelve earlier after the Duke game. I know, dude, and they they uh they putting it on man. They up seventy four seventy one with twenty two seconds left. That could go to overtime. I picked I picked Liberty in some of my brackets, so I didn't think Mississippi State was gonna win. Dude, uh but hey, uh Thank you guys for being. Let's patient. go, Iona Gales. Let's dude, go, Gales, man. Dude, they're I know, right? They're like they're making three pointers, man. That's all that matters. Let's man, go. I thought uh, I thought Virginia was. They were giving me a scare there for a minute. Oh, dude, Virginia's Virginia's stupid, dumb, man. Virginia, Virginia, like uh, they just let them hang around, man. Too too much. They, yeah. They, I mean, we pulled a Virginia tonight, man. Second half team. And we are back. Waiting on John. Okay, there he is. Yeah, dude. Sorry about that. I just having issues. Like when I first did it, when I first tried to join, it said um, it sh- it shot me to like the i the iTunes app or something weird, dude. It's stupid. Yeah. Like, give me on one a- second, guys. I'm. I was texting our guest tonight. He, he keeps thinking, on, I don't want to make him wait and crap. And Dude, Iona is just taking too many threes, and they're just going to shoot themselves out of this game, man. 
That's what I feel like is going to happen for real. I mean, I, it's cool, dude. I, I mean, you know, people. I mean, we we figured UNC was going to not like struggle with them, but it's crazy to think that they are. Like ten minutes into the game, they're struggling just like Duke did against North North Dakota State. Yeah, we won. Oh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not watching basketball, and I'm watching. Uh, I'm flipping to between Bellator and uh, the college wrestling tournament. Yeah, um, I was just looking at this. This, oh, dude, you know me. I love wrestling, man. That's that's my passion. That's my bread dude, and butter, man. Dude, I love college wrestling, man. Like when it comes on ESPN, dude. Like I love it. I love it too, man. It's my bread dude, and butter, man. Dude, oh, but by the way, prayers up for Coach K, man. He sounds like crap. Yeah, he's doing the interview, man. He just sounded like he had a cold or something, so hopefully he shakes it off. Oh, yeah. 78-76. I'm watching this game. Liberty's up. Got to make your free throws. Wow. <laughs> Big dude for them at Liber- for Liberty is at, uh, is shooting free throws right now. 3.6 left in this game. Liberty, if Liberty wins, dude, I'm going to be so happy. Like, I had a chance to go to Liberty. They actually wanted me to come. Like, they sent me, a, like, a scholarship and everything. I should have went, um, but I didn't like their rules. <laughs> yeah, aren't they like a private college? Well, it, it's a Christian college too. Yeah, and I, the rules are you can't like you. I mean, you can't mingle with girls. Like you can't get to know them and stuff like that. It was there's curfew. Yeah. I can't do all that, man. Like I, I know I'm the. Work- I'm friends with the athletic director there. Yeah, dude. Get why don't you get him on? If you friends with the athletic director, you need to get him on our on the podcast, bro. Just saying. He's a he's an admin for um, he's one of the admins for the uh, Duke Fanatics page. Who is it? Michael Decker. He's the he's the he's the athletic director at Liberty. Yeah. Why don't you get him on? I uh, I'll send him a message and. Yeah, dude, fucking for real. That's what's up. Is he coming on or is he's uh, he, I'm on now? Well, I mean, if he doesn't come on, we'll just shoot the shit for a little bit. How about that? That's yeah. That's <laughs> how, how, how do you design do against uh, that taco kid? Do what? The kid from you said that taco, whatever his name is. Uh, taco fall. He's yeah. like seven six, man. I would love to see Zion just dunk over his ass tomorrow if they win. I, I, I think if they do, be a war. Uh, so I, oh, uh, dude, it'll be it'll Duke be won't, Duke won't play tomorrow, will they? No, Sunday. I think or Saturday, Sunday. Liberty won, baby. I think Heck I put. Yeah. I think I did that. That's good for us because um, they played the winner of Virginia Tech and. Um, I think it's Virginia Tech and who they play. And if they – if dude, I think Liberty could play with Virginia Tech, man. I don't care. You know what? We earned – we earned our road to the Final Four. And if it's easy and we got low seed teams, you know what? So be it. Right. So be it. We earned it. We – I mean, and they can say, well, Zion was out for six games and you guys went three for three. Yeah, we went three for three. You don't just take well, the you best. Can kiss my ass. Right, right. You don't just take the best player in the planet. No, and I say the planet because I don't think LeBron James, I don't think Kevin Durant, I don't think maybe Giannis has the second motor 
that he has. Like, that's how I feel about that. I don't think – yeah, I don't – I just – I got an update about the Liberty game being the uh, upsetting them. But what I'm saying is, is you don't just um, – you don't just take the best player in the planet or in college basketball away from a team and expect them just because they have three other top 40 freshmen that they're going to do great. You're talking about freshmen. You're talking about 18, 18-year-old 18 kids trying to find their way in college. It don't matter how, how publicly um, – criticized or publicly uh, acclaimed you are as a freshman or coming out of high school, but it takes time to start winning and gelling. And it's like, you need Zion. I mean, Zion, he's a goat. He's the goat, man. I I, I can't say it anymore. He's the goat. He is going. I I think he is. He's the goat. He's the goat, man. If he wins the national championship, he's a goat. He's, he's the goat. (laughs) <laughs> He's gonna win them all. He's gonna win a national championship, a gold medal, NBA title. Dude, there's no way. There is no way that the Olymp- uh, Greg Popovich keeps him off the damn, the Olympic, Olympic team. G- Olympic team. You just I don't. Coach do K- it. He'll be doesn't the Coach first- K coach that though. <laughs> no, Greg Popovich does now. Oh, I got Coach. Okay, no, coach K- K- left. yeah, yeah. K left after three gold medals, bro. Yeah, dude, he is still he is still making flops, man. I hate that. Yeah. Kenny Williams is a flop, man. That's all he does. And that call on Cam Reddish tonight was bullshit. That dude was yeah. sideways and all, man. Did Cam Reddish foul out? No, Cam Reddish. Didn't yeah, that out. that dude was like, yeah, like that. He charging, was sideways. Yeah. yeah, he was sideways. His feet was still moving. Right, dude. And oh, this dude, God. like this dude right here. Um, this guy on the Trivery page, he's like so pissed that State didn't make the tournament. And I was like, he was like, well, I was just mad about Ohio State. And I'm like, I'm like, so the Big Ten is, is, um, what is it? Uh, the Big Ten is, the Big Ten is, uh, six and oh right now. And right now, Ohio State to start the game is up nine-two. And if Ohio State wins, that will be seven and zero to start the tournament. Obviously, they'll lose a game tomorrow because Michigan State plays Minnesota. Like that's what I okay. Let's talk about that. How stupid was the committee? At least in the East bracket, you put I think it's two Big Ten teams and three ACC teams. Come on. Spread them out. Like last year, we had eight teams, and they did like one side of the whole bracket had all eight teams, just about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's stupid. Like, spread them out. If you got eight teams, put two in each side, like two in each uh, quadrant right there. And if not, then you, you know, you figure it out. But like, that was so stupid. Because then you had Syracuse. You had Syracuse playing um, Duke in the Sweet 16. I mean, they could have been in another bra- another bracket. Oh, yeah. You, on this side of our bracket, we had Duke, Florida State. Um, who else? Uh, oh, yeah. Duke, Florida State, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, 
and Louisville. Five teams on our side. And then you had Carolina and Virginia on the other side. Like, come on. That I mean, that's just like – that's just stupid by – and then Gonzaga being a one seed instead of a two seed when Michigan State – I'm not saying that we won't beat them. I'm just saying Michigan State should have been a one and should not have been in Duke's bracket whatsoever. Yeah. Michigan I'm State, scared to play them. I'm scared to play them, but I hope Minnesota beats them, you know. Well, you know, I'm not really scared to play um, Michigan State because when was the last time Izzo beat – when was the last time Izzo beat K? Never. I don't think they ever beat him. I think they did one time, and that was it. It was like early, early year, like early. It was like before 2000. Like, so that's what I'm saying. When was the last time they beat they beat Duke? It's been a while. Dude, the last, I, the last time they beat us was um it was before 2004, I know that. They It was when us. we had the last time they beat us is when we played them in the uh Sweet 16 um uh, with uh JJ Redick his senior year. No, that was LSU, bro. Are you sure? Yeah, it wasn't Michigan State. It was LSU. Because we that's played, a, we were that's in the right, Because they had Baby Davis. Yeah, they had Big Baby Davis, and they had um, what's that dude's name? Ah, uh, Brandon Bass. Yeah, Brandon Bass was my dude. Yeah, Brandon Bass was a cool dude, man. Hold on, look up. He got a time, dude. Iona is playing with North Carolina right now. 27-27. So, I mean, you know, we're going to talk the tournament. So, I mean, we're watching games right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, we're going to talk the tournament, man. Like, I mean, who is outside of Duke? Who do you guys have? I mean, just looking at the brackets right now, who do you guys have? Wofford. Dude, I think Wofford with, with, uh, with the way that they're hurting, um, uh, what was it? Houston. Uh, Houston, Alford. Let's see, right here. Hey, look at here. Um, number Oregon. twelve. Here, this has just come up on my thing. Number twelve knocks off Mississippi State. Pretty does. Only forty nine of the seventeen point two million brackets remain perfect. That is crazy. After I'm the, at like eighty eight percent right now on my bracket. Uh, I'm like, let's see. What am I? I'm I'm horrible, man. I'm not ESPN. I'm yeah. hor- I'm horrible. Not, I'm ninety. I'm ninety three percent right now. See, sixty seven on one of mine, sixty seven on another, and I'm at eighty two on another one. And then on the big money, um, I'm number nine. Like I'm tied for nine, so that's I'm sixty seven percent on that one. But you know, but I did have Liberty, dude. VCU is still only up three nothing on UCF at fifteen minutes. My cousin went to VCU. Why the score? Is there a delay or something? Or what? I don't think it's a delay. They just are that bad or what? Um, dude, look, Johnny Dawkins. Johnny Dawkins is a good damn coach, but UCF, um, they're good. But if they get Taco Fall into foul trouble, man, UCF ain't gonna do crap. 
No, I don't think so. Yes. I think uh, Zion... Michael Jordan's son played for UCF. Um, I think I Zion's going to dominate him. Oh, yeah, dude. If, uh, they, if, they, get, if they meet up, you know. Right. Um, I want to do a quick shout-out. Uh, I don't know if he's on the Fanatics or not, uh, Cameron, but um, his name is Corey uh, Cav- uh, Cavalieri second. Um, he just finished his last round of chemo, and he's kicked Cancer's ass. So, and, it, and he's a fellow Duke fan. I've seen that. Yeah, he's a Duke fan. Awesome, uh, man. Dude, he rang the bell. Round of applause. Yeah, fight, he rang, fight, man. He rang the bell today and in his Duke jersey. and uh, Customized pretty, Duke jersey, my man. Yeah, exactly. Customized Duke jersey with his last name on the back. Wow. So, he earned Can't it. Can't forget that, man. Yeah. He earned it. You know, it was pretty good. Dude, look at this right here. I'm watching this game. I own a shooting 10 for 22 from the field. Carolina's hitting tw- 10 for 27. And Iona has seven three-pointers out of 15. And they're tied 27-27 with five minutes in the first half to go. Somebody said, oh, um, now they're up 30 to 27, Iona. Another three-pointer. Iona Gales, man. Dude, I, look, I'm going to put it like this. To beat Carolina – one thing you got to do is hit your damn three-pointers because, man, dude, they're not hitting anything. Cam Johnson is off a little bit. Kobe's not in the game. Dude, What I'm going to put it like this. I don't think they will. I know USC is going to make a run, and they'll win this game. Yeah. But what if – dude – 33 to 27. They just hit their their ninth three-pointer, man. USC is hot garbage right now. Hot garbage, bro. I mean, if UNC loses, it'll mess my bracket up, but hey, I don't care, man. Dude, look, if USC... I I would talk major trash. Dude, if USC is the second first seed to ever lose to a 16, I'm going to laugh my ass off. I'm talking major trash tomorrow. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to put it like this. They cannot – they they ain't going to lose. I don't think USC loses. But the problem with this is is um, ah, they, they've got to stop uh, jacking, like, long threes and get to the actual three-point line. Because when they – like, this dude keeps, like, shooting it from, like, almost the NCAA mark before the M on the Mark Madness thing. They, yeah. like, he's got to stop shooting those. Wow, 35-27, Iona. Dude, Roy's going to get in their ass at halftime. He's going to have vertigo, man. I'm sorry. I, I know vertigo's bad, but, dude, it's like every time his team is losing or doing bad, man, it's horrible. Dude. That was good. Man. Woo. At the under four timeout, Iona is kicking UNC's ass. <laughs> oh my god, dude! I want this, this wrestling. I I want Penn State to lose oh, so bad. Hey guys, can you hear me? Yeah, dude. All right, man. Here it is, hell. 
Oh yeah, dude. Like oh, I'm looking at all this. this. I'm looking at all this right now. Like even <laughs> I love this dude. Like Ryan puts up on the trial where he goes, Oh and three, y'all are trash. Y'all are struggling. See Ooh. how dumb that sounds? You will be fine. And then Steve Moffat, dude. I love Steve Moffat. Great. He's a, he's a great, like, he's a shit star, starter. I love it. He goes, co-trash. <laughs> gotcha. I know what to do now. Co-trash, bro. <laughs> Billy. Yeah. Dude, co-trash. <laughs> Shock my ball. Dude, you guys, <laughs> you guys understand that, right? Co-trash. Yeah, dude. That, yeah, all those co we're co champions with Virginia, the shirts and all, man. Oh, and they still to this day. Oh, regular season matters, man. Does it really? No, you want to win the postseason, ACC tournament, NCAA tournament. It's natty or bust every year for Duke. Yeah, well, that's how it is, man. That's for every you team. Got you, know? right, bro. you you don't get. You don't get remembered for your ACC regular season championship, or or, or your um, or your NIT championship. Whew, guys, I am fucking full. I mean, the last time UNC was in the NIT, they lost to what I think what Dayton or something. Uh, yep, Dayton man, yeah. 2010 when we won the Natty, bro. They were sitting at home uh, losing in the championship game to Dayton, and Duke was winning the Natty. Yeah, come on, really? You gonna talk to that? Come on. I, I, I've never seen Duke in the NIT. We we've always been in the in, in the NCAA tournament, whether we won it or not. You know, got limited early. We were in it. Yeah. Dude, I no. love this man. Everyone's like, no, yep, no defense. They're hot after a timeout. I bet we don't play pressure defense. We'll keep trying to outscore them. Like <laughs> terrible defense, a pitiful effort so far. Man, dude, they got on there tonight. Dude, you know what it is. It's a it's it's a Chris Weber man. He's calling the games. Hey, can I give a shout out to somebody real quick? You can give a shout out to these nuts. I'm just kidding. No, I want to give a shout out to somebody on the Travelry page. Josh Hunt. Josh Hunt. <laughs> Bring your big old goofy looking sucker. Don't get me started on your ass paper champion. Right, but. Can't say what I want to say because the little one's standing right here. Uh, dude, I can't stand that dude. He got muted for three days, man. That dude, like, he told me, like, oh, you know, we can't wait, we can't wait to see you in the next in the dude, look, They just got Bro, I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna get up in it right now. This man, I watched his live when Duke won, when Duke beat Carolina to go on to the ACC championship. And then when Duke beat Florida State, from what he said against when Duke played Carolina, he mm-hmm. said, oh, good game. Duke beat us by one. It was a dogfight. It was a war. It was this. It was that. Sure, it was. But then you're sitting here calling us paper champions. We won the tournament. We won the conference. We got a banner. We have a banner. Y'all are sharing T-shirts with Virginia. Right. Exactly. Dude, I'm not. You're sharing T-shirts with Virginia. We have our own T-shirts. Cam, it's like the question you asked me the other day. They are co-champions with Virginia. Where did they do that at? 
Where they do that at? Yeah, exactly. No, where they never, at though? Where they at though? Where they at though? What, I mean, what do they do? Where you Carolina I've never fans heard of champion. Where are you Virginia fans at? Okay, where y'all uh, at? Chime I, in. I, I was come I, I on was the a, show. I was Bring a also uh, MMA amateur champion. Okay, I, I wasn't a co-champion. Atlanta? You know. Okay. Sorry. When I fought MMA and I won the 185 belt, I wasn't a co-champion. Right. Yeah, we had the same record, but I wasn't a co-champion. I beat him outright. That's As a matter of fact, hey, give me one second. I'm about to bring. You know, I'm about to bring on. I'm about to bring on. Uh, I'm about to bring on. Uh, uh, Michael Jackson. Hey, oh, Josh Hunt, is man. Michael going to come on? I'm. I'm about to bring him on right now. This I just Josh sent Hunt guy. He, he likes to fire under me. He likes a big fire under me, man. Is he um, actually? Is he? Does he want to come on, or is he going to like? I'm just going to send him a link and and message him and tell him to. You, you uh, realize? See if he you wants realize? To come on. You realize he's probably if he's the athletic director at Liberty, man. You pro you realize he's at that game, so he's probably celebrating yeah. with his team. Yeah, I was going to say uh, celebrating at a bar somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> if he wants to come no, on, it, let him it, come it's on. It's funny. It's funny because he's actually watching the Duke game right now too. Well, he was watching the Duke game as well. Man. I lo- oh, snap. He just said okay. Sweet. Get his ass on here. There's a UNC kid wrestling right now. Yes. Is he good? He's 15th ranked going at the 16th. Or oh, 15th snap. I mean, he, he upset us like the ice. Uh, I don't, uh, Steve Snyder um, was supposed to be our guest tonight, guys. We've been trying to get him on for the past two weeks. I don't know what's going on. I've been trying to get him on uh, from the first and last hit podcast and anchor Steve. We apologize, brother. Uh, yeah. I, I hope you don't take it to heart that um, we've been we've all been under the weather. So yeah, it's been, uh, I finally found you, but can see where to join in. Well, he's done. I mean, so whoever comes on first, that's who we're going to take. Steve, if you chime in first, then we'll take you, Michael. If you chime in, this is an impromptu. Uh, we'll take you for the audience out there. This is an impromptu uh, guest right here. We have no questions, so we're gonna. Ask some random crazy questions. Um, so, I mean, I know. Hey, a dude, Fon about... Silver is is wrestling too for Duke. Yeah, yeah, he, he's he's three seed, so he's got a chance. What are you doing? Oh, not he right has now. a chance. He has a chance to win. Oh yeah, dude. Give me no, no. Like it's I said, I love it. Here, man. I'll do it. This is what I live for, man. Sit down. Now, no, 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 no. It's heavy. Yeah. It's heavy. Stop. Stop. I will sharpen your pencil in a little bit. Uh, okay. Iona's got to finish this game strong. They got to, man. They got to come out. Or they got to finish the first half strong. They can't let him come back in this game. Or at least let him back in because then UNC. But uh crazy thing is, if UNC, most of the time when UNC is losing a half, man, they haven't won. So, I mean, if Iona comes fingers out. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. He just hit a three again, dude. 38-31. Iona is shooting the lights out, man. Man, if if the Gales pull it off, man, I'm gonna 
you know, I'll make a post in the tribery. Like, what's that about us? You know, losing to the uh, worst team in the conference in the tournament. Right. Some guy posted today. I forgot who it was. Can you hear me? Uh, Steve, uh, I hope this is the Steve we're looking for. <laughs> Man, I can't believe how convoluted that was. Oh, all right, all right. So we are so sorry, man. Please don't hate us. <laughs> it, is, it, it, it was not our fault. It, we work with this podcasting company right here, and they can be a pain in the butt sometimes. <laughs> Huge pain in the butt. I agree. Uh, we were trying to do an opening to the show before we brought you on, and it just, like, kicked us off, but... I think I've got it to where we're we're going to be good. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> yeah, we apologize, man. Uh, I, uh, by the way, I'm Justin Barr. I'm another one of the uh, hosts, uh, co-hosts, and I've been last week. Uh, we were going to bring you on, but I ended up having the flu, and then Cam's family got sick as well. We've all been under the weather, and it's been. Uh, we finally got over it. We're back to 100%. So, <laughs> I appreciate you coming on today and or tonight. And, uh, you know. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I'm me excited. Too. We got to get our well, other co-host um, in here. <laughs> where, where are you guys yeah. located? Uh, I'm in uh, – I'm actually in two places. Uh, well, as of right now, I'm in North Carolina. But I'm from West Virginia. Okay. Um, I am located in uh, in Virginia. Um, I'm like ten minutes from what you would call Mayberry, North Carolina, um, or would you, you, you? It's Mount Airy, but I'm literally from around the Andy Griffith area. So, oh well, that's funny because uh, I live in Seal Beach uh, in Southern California, and it, it's it's called Mayberry by the Sea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. There he there goes. He is. All right. Konnichiwa. <laughs> what is up, my brothers? Oh, what's going on, brother? We finally we finally uh we finally got our guest on, man. I finally figured this out and Anchor stop playing with us, man. Let us let us do our yeah, thing. Exactly. <laughs> We're all back to 100% um, so we got to do this. We have to. Yeah, uh, Billy. Uh, Billy, where are you from? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, so, yeah. So they're from. So he's. Uh, Steve is from um, Mayberry by the Sea, California. <laughs> Billy's actually. Billy's actually from uh, California as well. Northern California. Okay. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. For the past couple, of, I mean, I was trying to, I tried to get you on last week a one-on-one interview, but uh, my co-hosts were like, "Oh man, we really want to partake in it." And I was gonna do like we were gonna try and do like a uh, one-two, uh, part one and part two, but we got you, and uh, 
We're excited. Um, first of all, uh, well, we just uh, want you to uh, introduce yourself to the listeners out there and um, tell them a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, well, I'm Steve Snyder, and I'm author of the book, uh, Shot Down, the true story of pilot Howard Snyder and the crew of the B-17 Susan Ruth. I, I live in Southern California, uh, south of L.A., by about 40 miles, a little town, a uh, sleepy beach town called Seal Beach. And I mentioned it's uh, nicknamed Mayberry by the Sea. Uh, I've lived here uh, since uh, 1972. I was born in Pasadena, California, home of the home of the Rose Bowl. Hey. Uh, Big sports. Oh, yeah. I went to UCLA. I was uh, a classmate. Uh, back then, he was called Lou Alcindor, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. So I, those I, I were gotta exciting you, I times. I got to cut you off there, sir. sir. I, I'm, a, I'm a USC Trojans fan. You know, oh, so. no. It, it, this is a rivalry. Come on. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. I, I got family in Corona, LA, you know, Corona, California, and we go to, uh, you know, the Lakers game and USC game. <coughs> I'm sorry, sir. USC all the way. Trojans fight on. <laughs> oh, hey, you know, I'm going to put it like this. I, I hate to be like this, but both teams really ain't doing too much in football right now. So it's, it's okay. We'll, we'll bounce back. We'll bounce back. You know, we have, you know, off years. And uh, you've had a couple. I, I, you've had a couple off years. Come on now. Yeah, ever since Reggie Bush left, I mean. Can you hear me? Uh, Steve, uh, I hope this is the Steve we're looking for. <laughs> uh, man, I can't believe how convoluted that was. <laughs> oh, I, I, so we are so sorry, man. Please don't hate us. <laughs> it, is, it, it, it was not our fault. It, we work with this podcasting company right here, and they can be a pain in the butt sometimes. <laughs> Huge pain in the butt. I agree. Uh, we were trying to do an opening to the show before we brought you on, and it just, like, kicked us off, but... I think I've got it to where we're we're going to be good. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> yeah, we apologize, man. Uh, I, uh, by the way, I'm Justin Barr. I'm another one of the uh, hosts, uh, co-host, and I've been last week. Uh, we were going to bring you on, but I ended up having the flu, and then Cam's family got sick as well. We've all been under the weather, and it's been. Uh, we finally got over it. We're back to 100%. So, <laughs> appreciate you coming on today and or tonight. And, uh, you know. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I'm me excited. Too. We got to get our well, other co-host um, in here. <laughs> where, where are you guys yeah. located? Uh, I'm in uh, – I'm actually in two places. Uh, well, as of right now, I'm in North Carolina. But I'm from West Virginia. Okay. Um, I am located in uh, in Virginia. Um, I'm like 10 minutes from what you would call Mayberry, North Carolina. Um, or would you, you, you – it's Mount Airy, but I'm literally from around the Andy Griffith area. So, 
Oh, well, that's funny because uh, I live in Seal Beach uh, in Southern California, and it, it's it's called Mayberry by the Sea. There <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. we there go. There he is. All right. Konnichiwa. <laughs> what is up, my brothers? Oh, what's going on, brother? We finally... We finally, uh, we finally got our guest on, man. I finally figured this out. And anchor, stop playing with us, man. Let us, let us do our yeah, thing. Exactly. <laughs> We're all back to one hundred percent. So we got to do this. We have to. Yeah, uh, Billy. Uh, Billy, where are you from? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, so, yeah. So they're from. So he's. Uh, Steve is from. Um, Mayberry by the Sea, California. <laughs> Billy's actually, Billy's actually from uh, California as well. Northern California. So. Okay. Yeah. Man, yeah, I'm sorry, man. For the past couple, of, I mean, I was trying to, I tried to get you on last week a one-on-one interview, but uh, my co-hosts were like, "Oh man, we really want to partake in it and." I was going to do like, we were going to try and do like a uh, one, two, uh, part one and part two, but we got you and uh, we're excited. Um, first of all, uh, well, we just uh, want you to uh, introduce yourself to the listeners out there and um, tell them a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, well, I'm Steve Snyder and I'm author of the book, uh, Shot Down, the true story of pilot Howard Snyder and the crew with the B-17, Susan Ruth. I, I live in Southern California, uh, south of L.A., by about 40 miles, a little town, uh, sleepy beach town called Seal Beach. As I mentioned, it's uh, nicknamed Mayberry by the Sea. <laughs> uh, I've lived here... Uh, Love Since uh, 1972, I was born in Pasadena, California, home of the home of the Rose Bowl. Hey, uh, big sports! Oh man. yeah, went to UCLA. I was uh, a classmate uh, back then. He was called Lou Alcindor, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, nice! Oh, nice! Yeah. So I, those I, I were exciting you, I times. Cut you off there, sir. sir. I, I'm a I'm a USC Trojans fan. You know, oh no! It, this is a rivalry. Come on! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh. I got family in Corona, L.A. You know, Corona, California, and we go to uh, you know the Lakers game and USC game. <coughs> I'm sorry, sir. USC all the way. Trojans fight on. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, you know I'm gonna put it like this. I, I hate to be like this, but both teams really ain't doing too much in football right now, so it's. Okay. We'll, we'll bounce back. Come on, we'll bounce back. You know, we have you know off years. And uh, you've had a couple. I, Kevin, I, you've had a couple off years. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, ever since Reggie Bush left, I mean, uh, they're did, running a did, running did, a new program, and they're having glitches. So, yeah. I'm, well, just uh, bear with us. Um, but uh. I, I figured that tro- I, I figured the Trojan dropped me off. Oh, <laughs> no, <man. laughs> nah, we want to do that to our guests, man. It's, uh, Anchor, uh, you know, I think it's 
uh, like he said, it's just some they're trying to do some stuff and some new programs and new stuff. And you know, every yeah. every little company has to work out their glitches. You know. Yeah. Uh, by the by the way, I don't know. Um, I don't know if you've ever met him since you're from California, but uh, Scott Eastwood um, is. I work at a manufacturer and we do socks. And I actually got to meet Scott Eastwood. If you know who that is, that's Clint Eastwood's son. Oh, I got okay. To, I got to meet him yesterday. He looks just like his daddy. Um, he's actually doing a sock line with our company. He's gonna um, he's gonna make sock. We're gonna make his socks for him, and um, it's called Made Here. And they're actually really, really good. They're soft. They're nice. And uh, it'll be it'll be a good sock, man. He come in yesterday. They said, "Oh, we've got we've got company coming. Make sure you clean up." And I'm like, "I wish you would have told us it was that company, like a superstar, a celebrities coming in to our company." And you're just like, "We've got company." No, you've got a big time celebrity coming in. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah, it was cool meeting Scott Eastwood. Well, good for you. Uh, but anyways, let's get back to you telling, you know, tell us about yourself. Well, yeah. Uh, welcome back, Billy. Uh, Anchor just informed me that they're trying to put in new um, programs and stuff. I, I just got an email, so, uh, so bear with us, guys. Uh so Steve, uh, tell us uh, tell us about the book you. Okay, um, well I uh, I retired in two thousand nine from my uh, career job. I was in sales and sales management for uh, forty years, and uh, that's when I had the time to really delve into my dad's war history and more detail. Well, growing up, I knew the basics of his uh, World War II history, and he was a B seventeen pilot. He was stationed with the 8th Air Force in England. His plane was named the Susan Ruth after my oldest sister, who was one year old at the time that he went overseas. And he flew bombing missions over occupied Europe and, and Germany. And on February 8th of 1944, his plane was uh, shot down by two Focke-Wulf German fighters. And he had to bail out and he was missing in action for seven months. But he evaded capture, being captured by the Germans. And eventually, he made it back uh, to the uh, to the U.S. Um, but uh, when I retired, uh, my parents had kept a lot of material from the war years, and I just wanted to go through that and organize it and uh, learn a few more details. And I had no intention at that time of writing a book. And there were two items that were really significant that they uh, that they had. One was a diary that my dad wrote why he was missing in action about his plane being shot down. And it was absolutely riveting or is riveting. It's in the book. And the other item are all the letters that my dad had written to my mother while he was stationed in uh, England. And he was very candid in the, those letters. He talked about what bombing missions were like, what life was like on the base, uh, air base, what life was like in England and London at the time, escapades of him and his crew. And reading those letters were absolutely fascinating, and I became fascinated with the story of my dad and his crew, and it became my passion. I started reading book and book and book after book about the air war over Europe, and went on the internet and spent countless hours doing research. 
I joined some World War II organizations, started to go into unions, listening to veterans tell their stories. And finally, three years into the uh, my research or doing that, I just came to the conclusion that the story of my dad and his crew was so unique and so compelling that people needed to know about it and read about it. So I decided to write a book. Nice. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, it's... Uh, it was uh, it was released actually uh, uh, about five years ago now actually uh, in uh, August of 2014, mm-hmm. and since that time it's uh, got a five star rating on Amazon and it's won uh, close to tw- uh, thirty book awards so it's done pretty well. Nice, that's awesome. That is that is great, man. Uh, have you have uh, have you served? Uh, during the Vietnam years, I was in the uh, California Army National Guard for six years. Uh, my unit wasn't my unit wasn't called up though, so I didn't go overseas. Yeah, I wanted to speak. Yeah, I wanted to speak uh, with you on that. My uncle was also uh, my my uncle was in Vietnam. He was on the front line, um, and uh, yeah, when I, I read that, I, I read that part of. And uh, yeah, it kind of hit. It kind of hit me. I was like, yeah, like he kind of shares the same with uh, with, uh, with my uncle. Yeah, because my uncle was in, my uncle was in the army, and uh, they got caught up, and he was actually the one to lead the troops in uh, Vietnam. And that wasn't so, a good. Uh, that wasn't a good place to be. Um. Yeah, it, it wasn't. Yeah, I was going to ask that. I don't know if you're able to speak on that because I know you were, you know, I don't know how classified and stuff that is. But what were your thoughts on Vietnam? I know I've heard other people's thoughts. I've heard other people's like, like they didn't really understand the Vietnam War. Like they didn't really get it. But what were your thoughts? Is I mean, I know you were just in the National Guard and you never went over. But as a as a person in the Army, as a person in the National Guard, what were your thoughts thinking when they decided to go to war in Vietnam? Well, you know, the, the, the vast majority of the population, uh, particularly the, you know, the younger population, like I was at the time, was uh, pretty much, you know, was, was against the war. Uh, mm. it, it was, uh, no one felt we should have, should have been over there. And, uh, you know, it ended up that, you know, we, really, we didn't twi- uh, try to win it. Uh, all it ended up was costing about 58,000 uh, young men losing their lives over there. So, you know, I, I served, uh, you know, my my time, I guess you could uh, call it, you know, being in the fulfilling my duty. But uh, it really wasn't something <laughs> that I wanted to do. Right. Uh, at, the, at the time. Were you were you drafted or were you, or was it just you volunteering to go into the National Guard? Well, I uh, I lost my deferment, and then they they had the lottery, yeah, you know, for the for the draft. They had a lottery based on your uh, birth date, um, and uh, so I'll never forget that night. Uh, sat down and with my parents in front of the TV. Uh, and they started reading off the, the the birth dates, and my birth date, April twenty fourth, was number two. Oh wow! 
man. And I'm going, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I really didn't want to go to Nam. Um, uh, right. So uh, I decided to uh, – plus I didn't want to spend, you know, if you win the Army, you had to spend two full years, you know, this kind of just lost out of your life. So I decided to join the National Guard, and you went through basic training and advanced training. But then after that, you uh, reported one weekend a month and then two weeks in the summer, but you could still kind of live your normal life uh, during that time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was a a little different from my uncle when when I think he uh, volunteered, actually, and went – and uh, he, I think he left uh, after high school and uh, served, and he was in the war. And uh, I won't speak too much about it because uh, uh, it's kind of tough to talk about. But, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, um, you can probably relate too. I mean, your father being in the war and, and stuff like that. But, uh, no, he came up. My grandma told this story one time. He, uh, she went to go wake him up for work one time, and um, uh, I forget what they call it. Um, uh, PTSD. PTSD. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, he was going through that, and she was uh, she came in and woke him up, and uh, he goes, "Mom, don't ever do that again." Uh, he said, uh, I could have hurt you there. Yeah. Yep. Man. Yeah. You know, if, if you're in, uh, if you're in combat, it, uh, you have some bad memories. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, flashbacks. <laughs> let's see. My, my grandpa, um, you were talking about, you know, World War II in your book. Uh, my grandpa was in the Navy and he was over there, um, I had to work. It was I had to do it for a chemistry project in high school, and they have the majority of the stuff still, or you know, for the project. And I told the I told the teacher he could keep it, and um, it was my my grandpa had saved some stuff from when they did all the bomb testing over in Hawaii, and um, off the coast of Hawaii, and I thought that was. uh, he said it was pretty um it was pretty intense just being over there having to wear the mask having to you know be around the bomb testing and just be you know they sent every, I mean they actually stayed off the coast and actually watched it they made their they made the navy men watch it so so I thought that was World War 2 was I mean that was that was a crazy war so Oh yeah, it was the greatest conflict in uh, in history. There was yeah. no other. There was no other event in history that affected more people than World War Two. Nope. Sixty, sixty-five million people died, and seventy-five percent of the, the people that died were civilians. And you know, millions more were wounded. Millions more were uh, left homeless and displaced. Uh, it changed the course of uh, the U.S. and the world forever. Right. It did. It did. I mean, uh, you know, people were, you know, there for a while. I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, you were, like I said, I don't, what was the perception of like the rest of the world after that about the United States? I mean, 
when we bombed Hiroshima, I mean, I know obviously they came and did that to us, you know, at Pearl Harbor, but what was the, you know, do you know from any of your, you know, your dad's notes that what was the perception? Did he talk about the perception of the rest of the world or? Well, it was, uh, you know, that, uh, that is misunderstood, uh, quite a bit. You know, people think that, you know, those, uh, the, the death, uh, caused and the destruction caused by the two atomic bombs were were uh, horrible but actually the u.s uh killed more people uh firebombing tokyo than that were killed uh in the atomic blast right but uh it it really needed to be done in in my opinion because japan was not going to surrender Right, and if the U.S. had have invaded Japan, and it was estimated that the uh, U.S. would have a million casualties, because Shoot. the Japanese would just fight to the death, every every last man and and child. This would have been a bloodbath. So it it saved all. You know, that's just a million Americans, let alone millions and millions of Japanese. So it really saved that slaughter from taking place. Right. Uh, do you um, uh, do you have any like fond memories of like, um, of your childhood with your dad being you know, from the army and? Oh well, uh, sure. Other than sure. the book, I mean, other than the book, I mean, like anything that like stuck out to you. Well, you know, I, I was born uh, right after the war, so it was a good thing uh, my dad made it back. Uh, he was the pilot of the B-17. A B-17 had a 10-man crew, and five of the crew members made it back, but five of them did not. So uh, if my dad hadn't made it back, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, growing up right after the war, uh, all us kids, we played, you know, Army and soldier just constantly and there were so many movies at that time about world war ii that uh and you, you know you played not only pretend army like you know you i dress up in my dad's uh, uniforms and you know go out with my buddies and pretend like we were soldiers but then you'd always you'd also play with your little toy soldiers so i mean that was a huge influence on uh uh, young boys growing up uh, in you know, after the war in the late forties and uh, in early fifties. Oh, nice! So that's uh, you know, and all the books that I read, or most of the books I read, you know, pleasure reading. My parents made me read during the summer were almost all about World War II. So, you know, I I've always been very interested in, in, in World War II. But like right. most like most veterans, my dad didn't talk about it too much growing up. Uh, right. He really didn't talk about it until uh, 1989. Uh, there was a memorial that was erected in southern Belgium where my dad's plane was shot down mm. in the little village of Mackenois, Belgium. And my dad and the three other crew members that were still living at the time went over for the dedication of the memorial. And there he was uh, reunited with a lot of the uh, Belgian people who hid him from the, the Nazis why he was missing in action and saw those houses where he was hidden. And that brought it all back. And he started talking about it after that. And my first trip to Belgium, I've been over there five times. 
1994 with my parents, and that's when it became personal for me because I saw all these places firsthand uh, uh, myself. Nice. So you said that they found your father's plane? Well, yeah, it... Uh, when it was attacked by, uh, they were on a mission to uh, Frankfurt, Germany, and they dropped their bombs successfully, but the Bombay doors got hit by flak, and they, they couldn't get them back up. And as a result, that caused a drag in the plane, and they lost airspeed, and they started lagging behind the B-17 formation heading back to Europe. And they were singled out by two German Focke-Wolf fighters. And in the ensuing air battle, the, my dad's plane, the, the Susan Ruth, was shot down. Two of the crew members were killed on the plane uh, by the 20-millimeter cannon fire from the German fighters. The other eight were able to bail out successfully. So that one, so that plane could hold 10 people? Yeah, yeah. They had, they had four officers. Uh, first pilot, which my dad was, and as such, the commander of the plane and the crew, then a co-pilot, navigator, and bombardier, and then they had six enlisted men or non-commissioned officers uh, who were basically gunners. But the, the plane, no one was in the plane when it came down and crashed, uh, crashed down, and then uh, the Germans just, uh, you know, kind of just scuttled it and used it for scrap because they were written for, for, for metal they had a shortage of metal, so they just uh, recycled the thing, basically. Nice. Have you, have, you, have you written any other books besides this one, or you just wrote that one? No, I just uh, I just wrote the one. Uh, I'm, you know, well, I didn't have any, I'm not a writer by profession, uh, but I had a story to, to tell that needed to be told, so... Uh, I wrote that book. I'm, I'm hoping to make a documentary about it. Uh, I've done a lot of filming over, over in, uh, in Belgium and in, in Germany. But basically, even um, though I retired, since I wrote the book, I'm basically working full time again promoting it. I, <laughs> I go to air shows all around the United States signing copies of my book. Uh, I do lots of uh, speaking, make PowerPoint presentations to all sorts of organizations doing that. Yeah, uh, after the show, I would love to get a, uh, would love to get a signed book by you, man. I, I think we all, I think we all want one. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, send, you, send you my information. And, uh, well, anyone can, anyone can get a uh, an autograph book me uh, a book from me by going on my website. Uh, my website is Steve Snyder, S N Y D E R, Steve Snyder Author dot com. And just on the home page, there's a little button there. You can uh, order a, a, an autographed copy. Okay. Nice. If anyone, you know, it's available on Amazon or, you know, uh, bookstores. But uh, most people get it on Amazon. But, uh, you know, if you want a signed copy, autographed copy, you can get it on my website. Okay. Yeah, we'll, have, I'll have to, we'll check that out. I'm about to cry here, man. This is... I'm back. Anchor, Anchor. Anchor, come on, guys. Get it together. Get it together. Speaking of that, we've got to uh, take a second real quick. I know we're back um, to shout out to 
since they are one of our sponsors. Uh, Anchor, thank you for giving us the platform to continue to do the First and Last Hit podcast. You guys um, give us the boat. We set the anchor. Thank you again. And to uh, Black Trucks, thank you for making us look good on all occasions. You tuxedo for any location, hit up Black Trucks. Yeah, big, tall, medium, short, big and tall, whatever you need. They got your back. They're all over the world, like Billy said. And uh, shout out to our guest tonight for putting up with us tonight. We do apologize, <laughs> Steve, man. This doesn't really happen, man. It's I don't know. It's it, it's been a crazy day and a crazy night, and well, um, technology drives me crazy sometimes. It, it does. Well, what was that? Oh, hello. We've got questions. Sweet. See if I can pull them up here. <laughs> I heard the I heard the ding. Let's see. You get to answer some fan questions there, Steve. Oh, yeah, you're the you're actually the first person to actually get to answer uh, questions. First person on the podcast to ever answer questions. Yeah, in the middle of a show. Good job. Usually, yeah, in the middle of a show. Wow, yeah, this is cool. Uh, have you ever thought uh, one one uh, one of the questions are? Have you have you ever thought about teaching a, a history class on um, the wars and stuff, and and what what uh, and uh, with your knowledge about um, what you know? Um, well, that's a good question. Uh, not really. Uh, I, in a sense, uh, I, I I teach history when I make all these presentations to these these groups. Uh, I've learned quite a bit about uh, World War. To, uh, from the time I started my research at the time the book was published was four and a half years. And uh, every day I learned something uh, new about World War II because I study it so much. It's a, it's a fascinating uh, a subject and it's a, a huge subject. Um, but I've never thought about teaching a class. I, I just try to uh, educate people. Uh, really kind of my, my mission is to Remember, honor, and educate. Uh, to remember the air war over Europe, to honor the men who fought it, and to educate the public about it, especially younger generations who know very little and I think probably are taught very little in school about uh, the greatest conflict in history. It's something that right. we can never forget and we need to remember. No, no, you're exactly right. And uh, I agree 100%. And uh, Jackson Mills. Uh, I hope I said your last name right, Mills, M-I-L-L-S, Mills, whatever. You can hate me or love me. Uh, <laughs> we hope he answered your question. Uh, while I'm waiting for the other 25 questions to load up. <laughs> Dang, good gracious, um, awesome. Yeah, I know, this is crazy. This is our first night back. We had, like you said, we, we've... Yeah, we've we've had some complications, and Steve, me, and you spoke over email, and <laughs> we we've tried to get some stuff going, but we finally got it going. Um, but uh, 
Wow, these are loading up. Uh, anyone want to ask any questions uh, until I can get these up? Billy, you got any questions for the man? Mm-hmm. Well, my, dad talk, my dad talks about the Vietnam War a lot, how he escaped his country of Laos to the Philippines. When he came back, there were still bombs that were still having been detonated. I mean, did you, did you guys ever talk about that? No. Are you are you asking me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, well, uh, after my dad bailed out, uh, he came down in uh, uh, some in some in uh, in some trees, and his parachute got hung up in the trees, and he was dangling twenty feet off the ground, and he couldn't get down. But fortunately for him, a couple young Belgian men uh, came to his rescue before the Germans got to him. Uh, th- it occurred about one o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, they held him down out of the tree. They went back to the farmhouse and got a, a ladder and a rope. And they told him to, to hide and stay put because it was too dangerous to try to move him in daylight with the German patrols combing the area. But that night they uh, came back and got him. And then they took him to one of the uh, Belgium uh, men's house. Uh, Raven Durvan is his name. And he stayed there one night because they thought it was too dangerous for, for him to stay there any longer than that. Again, with the German patrols looking for, for these guys who had bailed out. And so that night, a uh, Belgium customs officer named Paul Tilken uh, came and got him on a tandem bicycle. And it was uh, middle of the night, pitch black. It was raining and they, they headed out on the, uh, the bike. But uh, my dad had shrapnel wounds in one of his legs and he can only pedal with his, his good leg. And they got to a hill and they couldn't pedal up the bike any further. So they had to start pushing it up the hill. When they got to the top, there is a cabaret or a cafe there. The lights were on. The music was playing. People were talking loud, laughing. And all of a sudden, two German officers come out with their arms around these young girls. And one of them comes up to my dad, puts his arm around him and asks for a light for a cigarette. Mm-hmm. But my dad, you know, he can't speak uh, German or French at that, that point. But fortunately, uh, Paul could right. let the guy's cigarette and then they let him go in their way. My dad said the, the Germans were too drunk and, and too interested in these young girls to pay much attention to two guys pushing a bike up the road. And after that, he was moved around from place to place to place. Uh, how long he stayed at any house, depending on how brave the Belgian people were that lived there and how dangerous the Belgium underground thought it was for him to stay there. He might spend one night, he might spend six weeks uh, at a house. And uh, the people who hit him were unbelievably brave people. Uh, they risked their lives and those of their friends and family aiding down there. And if the German secret police, the Gestapo, found out about them, they would be uh, arrested, tortured, and either shot or sent to concentration camps. And uh, some of the people that helped my dad and his crew uh, did meet that fate. And then finally, my dad got tired of hiding. Uh, he heard that the uh, Allies had landed at uh, Normandy uh, on D-Day in June 6th of 44. So he decided to get back in the fight, and he decided to join the French resistance and start fighting the, uh, the Germans and sabotaging the uh, German convoys. It's pretty incredible. See, he just couldn't hunker down and stay put until the U.S. armies came up from France after D-Day. But he risked his life getting back into the fight by joining this group of uh, uh, 
practically guerrilla fighters who, you know, he didn't know from Adam. They were uh, in this group that were made up of some Frenchmen, Belgians, and Algerians. And uh, there's a number of episodes in the book where he was almost caught while he was in hiding. And then there's also a number of episodes described in the book of encounters that the uh, resistance had uh, attacking German convoys. And then finally, seven after uh, he bailed out, uh, he met up with uh, Patton's Third Army uh, after they had come up through France uh, after D-Day and uh, made it back to England and then uh, back to the U.S. Well, it sounds like this should be like a movie, you know. <laughs> it really should. Yeah, a lot of people who read the book uh, tell me that. It's just not about my dad, even though he has an amazing story, but it's about what yeah. happened to each member of the crew. Just right. Because something, something different have happened to each guy. Plus about all those brave Belgian people. That, uh, I mean, you are um, you are in L.A. and SoCal, so you know you, you are near Hollywood. So why, why not make a movie? You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> I would, I would guess with uh, Tom Hanks or, St- or Steven Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would be just. I'll be happy just to be an extra in this movie. You know. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd be one, I'd be one of the German soldiers if I had to. You know, just to have the honor of being in this great movie. You know. <laughs> Um, and we have to give you uh, a round of applause too, man. Um, your book is a winner of twenty national book awards. Well, more than that now, but uh, yeah, quite a few. Man, that man, that, that yeah, is, it, it is oh. from from you know from an army brat to to uh, to veterans yeah. and. And uh, and all that, man. Just I'm sticking my hand out, virtually shaking your hand yeah. there, and and uh, yeah. As a guy that it's, served uh, myself, you know, I was in any war, and I was in the Air Force Reserve. But I love hearing like other veterans talk about their war stories, you know, and it, it is amazing to me. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it really. Yeah. Truth is stranger than fiction. Uh, yeah. Uh, and you know that's. He couldn't even make this this, this story up. It, it's pretty incredible, you know. It's all based on firsthand testimony. Whether people were involved in the events that took place, what I added to the book was just a great deal of historical information and anecdotes about and surrounding World War II to put it in context and, and give it background. <clears throat> Another nice feature of the book too is that there's over 200 time period photographs in the book, so you can visualize everything you're reading about. You know, a lot of the pictures are from uh, were taken by Belgian people in you know 1944, so they're old photographs. And did you put any pictures under yourself, or did you just provide the story? Oh, uh, the only picture of me is my uh, the only <coughs> pictures of me in the book are like my uh, a headshot, you know, my author uh, picture, and then there's yeah. a photograph of me and my dad uh, in 2004. Uh, I accompanied him on a uh, you know, go to a reunion for the Air Force Escape and Invasion Society, and we went down to Washington yeah. D.C. to see the World War II Memorial because he wanted to see that before he died. Yeah. Um. So did um did your 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 father and uh, mother did uh, did they live in um Norfolk, uh, Nebraska, well, my, or Norfolk? Nebraska? My dad was born in Norfolk, Nebraska, and then he moved. To- he moved okay. to California when he was 13 years old with his family. My mother uh, 
was born and raised in Pasadena. She also went to UCLA. <laughs> <laughs> she she was a classmate of the legendary Jackie Robinson when she went there. Wow, those Bruins, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Those, those days oh, are long uh, gone, though. They they suck now. It's hard to be a Bruin. Oh, yeah, I'm sitting here. I'm... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's hard to be a Trojans fan too. So. All right, Trojans suck. Uh, I, I had, I had, I had uh, after I graduated from UCLA, I had season football tickets and season basketball tickets for 40 years. And I finally got so disgusted oh, with their programs, I, 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 I quit. Uh, you know, uh, they're talking. If, uh, they're, you know, I don't know how true that is, but. Uh, oh, John Calipari. Yeah, they're talking. Uh, they're actually talking to UCLA. Or UCLA's talking to John Calipari. He came out on his Twitter and said that he didn't want no part of it. But I mean, could that be? I mean, what happens if John Calipari comes to UCLA? Well, I I, I really uh, don't think he's the right choice. They, right. They, they need somebody younger. He's sixty years old. They need somebody. Yeah, I agree. Younger. Like I, I I have to agree with you on that. Like I have to agree that I don't think he's the right choice for UCLA. Like, you know, what would be cool is if they could tag like um, Saka, uh, Shaka Smart from Texas. Uh, I, think- I, I, I think I think most people, uh, UCLA fans, hope they get Tony Bennett from uh, Virginia. Now, see, that would be that would be a good that would be a good pick for them. Yeah. But Calipari is a great coach, but uh yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh, they they need someone to, to be there longer than Calipari would be there. Yeah, I agree. They, they just need, got. They they need never, I don't think they should have ever got rid of Ben Howland, in my personal opinion. Well, he, he uh, lost his way. He's lost his way. Yeah. Um. We have another question here, um, and they ask. Um, when you were writing the book, um, were, were there times uh, where you got emotional, you know, writing about this? Oh, another good question. Um, yeah, I just uh, the, the the more I, I I learned, it was just amazing what what these guys went through. Uh, and I probably wouldn't have written the book if it wasn't for two Belgium uh, men they, who were young boys during World War II, and they were greatly affected by it. They saw firsthand the atrocities that Nazis committed against their family and friends. And later in life, they became local historians. They interviewed uh, all these Belgian people and members of the underground uh, about events that took place involving my dad and his crew, and they documented their testimony. And they gave me unbelievably detailed information about events that would have been lost forever without their uh, dedicated research. So I, I owe them a, a huge debt, Dr. Paul Delahaye and Jacques Below. But, uh, you know, reading the letters that uh, my dad and uh, my mother exchanged, uh, that was very emotional because it was like listening to my parents talk to each other, you know, 70 years ago. So that, yeah. that, that was pretty amazing. And then just uh, you know, <clears throat> learning uh, what the, the crew went through and what those Belgian people went through, it, uh, 
it, it, it's, it's just hard to, it's just hard to uh, comprehend uh, those times and uh, how horrible it was. Uh, another thing that was pretty yeah. uh, amazing is that I found the German Luftwaffe pilot that shot down my dad's plane and interviewed him for the movie. Oh, that's cool. Oh, wow. That was really cool. Actually, the gunners on my dad's plane shot him down, too. They actually shot each other down. He bailed out and made it through the war. And fortunately for me, he became a translator after the war, so he speaks English. Uh, he's still living. He's 95 years old and lives in Munich, Germany, and we've become good friends. So that, that was pretty incredible. That is incredible. Um, have you... Uh... Traveled anywhere else besides Belgium? Yeah, my uh, wife and like I have outside of the country. I've traveled quite a bit, actually, and uh, uh, been to quite a few uh, European uh, countries. Uh, uh, the German pilot, his name is Hans Berger. For the book, I just interviewed him uh, over the telephone and through email. But uh, after I wrote the book, I went and visited him in uh, Munich, Germany, and filmed an interview with him. I uh, plan on going uh, I'm going to Europe uh, again this fall and I plan to go to Munich uh, in September to, to meet with him uh, again he's getting pretty old and I don't know how much longer he's going to be around or, you know when's the next time I'm going to be going yeah. to Europe so I want to go see him before he uh, passes away but man, your book's all over the place man <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've been to quite a few places. One thing I'll mention, though, that uh, the Belgian people and uh, uh, the people I've met in the Netherlands, they're wonderful people. Uh, you know, their countries are occupied by the, by the Nazis and were oppressed by the Nazis. And to this day, they are still so grateful and so thankful for the Americans coming to their uh, rescue and liberating them from the Nazi Germany. And they do a great job of educating the younger generations about it too, to always remember. You know, that uh, it really hits home to them because they li lived the war, you know, unlike people in the U.S. Yeah. or, yeah. Right. Right. That's, uh, and by the way, uh, you are Amazon's number one best seller. Uh, from what, from what I've seen on Amazon and from your website as well. Well, it 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 the number one bestseller kind of changes uh, over time on Amazon. I'm not number one right now, but well, I, did, I did reach uh, the book did reach number one status on on Amazon. That's really damn good, and <laughs> and uh, I am uh, I am honored to be. Uh, sitting here in my kitchen, eating ice cream and drinking a cold one, and and swapping out war stories and hearing about this because it makes me appreciate what we have here in America and not having to go through what um, everyone else has, you know, had to go through during the wars and and other countries and. Um, because I I know one story where, um, where they went to Vietnam and you know they were shooting up soldiers that were hiding out in in houses and and stuff like that and 
you know, seeing kids running around screaming for their lives and, you know, it, it really hits heart and, you know, it makes me appreciate that, you know, we didn't have to go through what, what everybody else went through during that time. Um, yes, we have it pretty good over here in the, in the U.S. There's no country like it. You know, and uh, I, I really don't talk like this, but, you know, we, we bitch and moan about our country and about our leaders and, and stuff like that, but we, we still have to appreciate we, we can live freely over here and basically do whatever we want. That's not against, well, not technically everything, but we can live a free life. Exactly. And not have to be dictated. Exactly. Exactly. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little emotional here, guys, but it's... Uh, no, that's very true. It's hitting hard here, man, and I just really, yeah, really appreciate it. Oh, that's very true. Very true. That's why I do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at your website and some of the events you uh, you've been to, and uh, so do uh, you go to a lot of the uh, uh, like uh, plane shows and stuff like that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, I keep uh, pretty busy. Um, you know, I, it, it, it varies uh, depending on the year. There's some events that I go to every year, and then uh, there's other ones I just kind of pick and choose. But, uh, yeah, this year I'll be in uh, Michigan uh, a couple times. I'll be in Pennsylvania. I'll be in Virginia. I'll be in uh, uh, Texas, Arizona. Um, where else will I be? Uh, St. Louis, uh, Georgia. Wow. So, okay. uh, do you know a part of Virginia you'll be in? Uh, I'm going to be at the, uh, it's called Warbirds Over the Beach. Uh, it's uh, sponsored by the uh, Military Aviation Museum in Virginia Beach. Mm-hmm. You know what? When, uh, if we can remember... Let me know when you're going, and uh, I don't know. Possibly we can meet up or something. I'd like to meet you in person, man, and just and uh, yeah, that that show something for a minute or something. That show was uh, May seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth. Okay, yeah, sweet, sweet, uh, man. It's, uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm still excited here. My blood is pumping. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm going over to uh, uh, Europe again. Uh, the main reason is uh, to go to Belgium for the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Belgium and my dad's plane being shot down and for all the events to uh, 
place is just right just north of the uh, French border in uh, southern Belgium. It's very rural. It's all farmland. And, uh, you know, things haven't changed in hundreds of years there. So a lot of the houses right. where my dad was hidden in uh, this farm where he stayed with the French resistance, those places are still there. So to visit those and go inside those homes and see the room or rooms where my dad was was hiding, is, you know, you get chills doing that. Um, there's another question I was going to ask you. I just lost thought. It'll come back to me. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see here. Let me try to find another question. They're loading up so fast, man. It's crazy. Uh, this is the first time we've, we've gotten a lot of questions and, uh, we're not going to be able to get to them all. I'm sorry guys, but. Um, we're not a 24-hour podcast, and everyone does get tired. <laughs> but, uh, oh, one, okay, here's one, here's one. How long did it take you to, uh, did I lose everyone? No, we're here. We're here. We're here. Oh, uh, Steve, somebody had asked you, how long did it take you to write the book? Well, from the time I started my research to the time when the book was published was four and a half years. Uh, it took me uh, about 12 months to actually write the manuscript and then another eight months to uh, get it published. I, I actually formed my own publishing company uh, to publish the book called it's a one person limited liability company called Sea Breeze Publishing, which is the name of the street that I live on in Seal Beach. Nice. And, and, oh, nice. Uh, and then uh, I contracted with independent professionals for like editing and cover design, interior layout, printing the book, uh, uh, fulfillment, and, 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 and such. The first half of the book kind of builds up to the day that the plane was shot down. It goes through, uh, you know, pilot training and follows the crew to. Uh, to England and talks about uh, bombing missions and and uh, life in in England at the time. And then the second half of the book is about all about what happened after the plane was shot down and what happened to to, to each man. Like I said, it's just not about my dad, but about uh, each member uh, of the crew. And did you uh did you get a chance to meet any of the uh, crew members that were? Um, with your dad? Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, uh, including my dad, five of them made it back and five of them did not. But uh, my dad uh, uh, periodically uh, would get together with uh, some of his crew. They didn't, they lived in different parts of the country. But I did meet uh, his crew uh, at various times. But I was just a kid at the time. And so, you know, I really don't remember it very well. My parents would call me in from my bedroom playing with my toys and uh, watching TV or whatever and say, you know, come and say hello to Mr. and Mr. Mrs. Daniels. And I'd say hi and shake their hand and wait until I could go back into my room. You know, when you're a kid, you know, that, that's how I'm literally cleaning up ice cream because when it cut us off this time, I threw my ice cream cup across the room, man. <laughs> I'm, you, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anchor, come on, man. 
Come on. Oh, uh, God, give me a second. I'm cleaning up ice cream because when they did it, I threw my ice cream cup across the room. <laughs> I don't know what I, I don't even know what I was just talking about. Oh, no, we were asking you if you had uh, met any of your uh, uh, dad's uh, crew members from the military. Right. And I was bringing up, you know, back when we were kids and, you know, Billy and Justin, you could probably relate, but I know with me, uh, it's, it's, it's just like what Steve was saying. Hey, son, come here. I want you to meet somebody. This is Mr. and Mrs. Billy Bob. And how you doing? Shake their hand. And dad, can I go back to my room now? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's- Unfortunately, you know, a lot of because, uh, well, a couple of reasons, you know, when you're young, you, 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 you're, you're, you know, it just interested in uh, what you're doing. And then when you get a little older, you right. know, you're involved in your job or you have a family or, or, or what have you. And then uh, most World War II uh, veterans didn't talk too much about it. So most, most of the people I meet know very little about what their veteran did uh, during the war, whether it's uh, a son, a daughter, a, a grandchild, a niece or a nephew, which is unfortunate. But uh, one of the nice things that people tell me who had a vet in the Eighth Air Force is that by reading the book, they uh, you know, can get an appreciation for what their, uh, their veteran went through, which is nice. Uh, somebody wrote an email and pronounced their name. Um, but they said, uh, and this is a compliment, they said, uh, you sound like you could be a narrator for uh, a movie or a screenplay or something like that. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, thank you. My youngest son uh, is act- actually an actor. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. And uh, I-, I do have... Uh, the book's available both both as a hardcover, uh, paperback, and all the ebook formats. But it's also available as an audio book. So you know, for people that are driving a lot, uh, that's a nice option. Although there's no pictures uh, for the audio book. But uh, are you the one reading the book? No, um, <laughs> I, I that didn't dawn on me. I got a professional to do it. Uh, you got that one guy. Yeah, I was actually you got the one guy to do it. The, the actor from Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, I probably should have had my my son do it, but I didn't think of that. No, he, um, he, how many? You got back. Oh my gosh, man! I apologize. I think Anchor's just trying to tell us we need to wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many more things to ask, man. I'm sitting here asking questions and trying to ask Steve something, and I'm sitting here rambling and on and rambling on, and then all of a sudden it gets quiet, and then reading, I'm reading uh, text messages from you guys on, on uh, my iPhone and looking at my tablet like, beep, like WTF. Yeah. As far as capital as you can get it, like, oh, oh boy. Uh, 
Steve, uh, looks like we're going to be running into complications here, <laughs> getting cut off and cut back on. But um, I will edit all this and get it together, and uh, I will send you a link uh, for your interview for you to keep um, as long as you want. Um, from the first and last hit podcast uh, from my team, Billy and Justin, it was an honor to talk it to you. Great. Uh, we we loved hearing your stories um, about your dad and and uh, and the book, and we'd love to have you back on soon. Uh, you know, just to shoot the breeze, and you know, after you've been a couple of places, and uh, you know, to hear about those adventures and. Just to catch up with you down the road. Sounds good. Be glad to. Yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll see uh-huh. you in Virgi- uh, Virginia Beach. Yeah, uh, and you said that was uh, in May. This this coming yeah, May. Yeah, May seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen. Oh. Sounds good. Hopefully, I can get out there and uh, yeah, meet you and um, uh, talk with you then. Um, if not, uh, we will catch you down the road. And um, uh, once again, uh, we we honor you for coming on and sharing your story and uh, and about the book and telling us some stories and, and stuff. And I'm gonna shut my mouth now. And let the co-host take take over because I'll keep rambling <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, if anyone's. Uh you know, wants to see where I might be uh, speaking or signing books. Uh, they can either go on my website. Uh, there's a little tab for speaking engagements on my website, steve snyder.com, uh, or they can go on uh, Facebook and uh, my Facebook page. I, you know, post uh, announcements when I'm going to be, uh, be in an air show or, or make a, a presentation uh, someplace in the country. But I appreciate you having me on. It's been, even though we've had uh, some inter- interruptions, it's it. <laughs> I'm coming on. Steve, welcome to the show. How are you, brother? <laughs> <laughs> nice to finally be on. <laughs> finally nice to get you back on. Uh, Billy, Justin, how are you doing, guys? Welcome back. <laughs> Wow, the hundred time back. <laughs> I gotta pop open another. I'm sorry, that's just wow, wow. You know we love you, Mason. So come on now. Come on, this is our first show back in two weeks. They're probably mad at us for that. For, for well, no, Billy, we did a show last week, and we were just shooting the breeze about the BS yeah. and talking about the bull crap, and heck, we tried to bring Steve on last week, but Anchor, you were just uh, being a little piss pump. <laughs> well, anyways, we're going to let you uh, continue talking and like at least giving your conclusion or your ending to your story that you were telling us so yeah and then when you get off we're going to cuss the shit out of anchor so 
<laughs> oh, I just like to, to reinforce that, uh, you know, we, we just can never forget the sacrifice of those br- brave young men who fought and died for freedom. Uh, to me, without a doubt, they're the greatest generation. Amen. And as I kind of use as my tagline, uh, it's our duty to remember. So I'll, I'll like leave, that. I'll leave you with that. And again, uh, appreciate being on and, uh, thanks a lot. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for coming. Uh, and, uh, once again, it's our duty to remember. And, uh, that was from the one and only Steve Snyder. And, the great uh, Steve, Steve Snyder. Yes. <laughs> the, the great, the one, the one and only Steve Snyder. <laughs> Steve, brother, we will catch you down the road, man. Okay, you take care. And you have a good night, sir. All right, brother. Okay, good, good night. night. Bye-bye. All right, Anchor. Okay, now, now that he's gone, God dang you, fucking Anchor, you sons of... No. We man. love you. Come on. Where to... I hate your ass I'm right now. We love, I mean, we'll plug you all the time, but man, you guys have done so much better with the first and last day of podcast. Like, I mean, this was this was a great show, guys. That tonight was a great show, even with with all the BS that happened. Show. It was great. I mean, that was the first time. So, to the viewers, thank you for sending your questions. That that was pretty cool. That was awesome. Even though I couldn't pronounce the last guy's name, we um, uh, we we uh, we appreciate the comments, the questions, and we appreciate uh, the viewers because without the viewers, the person yeah, without you, there'd be no us. You know exactly. Hey guys, I just want to let y'all know that we are a hundred hits away. From 500 hits, and that's pretty damn good. From so 500? From 500, oh, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, guys, keep keep hitting the hits, man. Keep keep listening. Uh, let's, reach, let's reach a thousand. Let's reach a thousand. That's our next goal. Let's reach a thousand. Yep. And, uh, hey, uh, what's up with uh Carolina and uh Carolina won, Iona? Come back second half and won by fifteen. God, dude, Iona just kept shooting threes, man. They they didn't they didn't try to change the game plan, dude. They tried to outshoot Carolina, and you know it, it's the same thing with Duke. You know we were up by four, we weren't down, but you know the second half, man, they just come out shooting and were red hot, like they couldn't miss, dude. Like the first five minutes of the like, second half, man, they couldn't. We switched. We 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 switched to man. That's why. Yeah. Our zone was getting killed. I, mean, I didn't like our zone sucked, and I was like, you know, what? we need to switch the defense up. And actually, when we came back, actually, I think we played man the whole game. I think it was just. It's really hard to get up for mediocrity. Mm. Obviously, Carolina down at five at half. Duke was up only by four. But both teams won, like, once Carolina won by 15, Duke won by 20, almost 30 points. So, you know, it is what it is. It's what happens, man. That's what we do. Um, we're a second-half team, and it is what it is. And, you know, it looks like right now 
the way this UCF and VCU game is going, we will play the seven foot six monster Taco Paul and Johnny Dawkins, and it will be Johnny Dawkins versus Coach Cade on Sunday. Which student student versus teacher. Yep, student versus teacher. And guess what? Only one to beat K is not in the tournament. And that was Bray, Mike Bray. You know, I'm surprised Notre Dame didn't even get it. under K and not and not beat him. So. I'm still surprised Notre Dame didn't make it into the. I'm not, dude. They suck, man. Once they got rid of Bonzi Colson, who was there for like 30 years, you know. Yeah, I don't even think he's gonna be that good in the uh, NBA. I haven't I mean, seen him in the NBA yet, so. And you know the problem here. Uh, the problem here with this game right now is fifty nine forty two. UCF is just making threes, making big shots. Like VCU tries to get a run. And... Look, man, we got don't, the way we're gonna win. We got to take Taco is, Fall out of the game. Like we gotta, we gotta uh, push the ball, push the tempo. We gotta and, send uh, him back to Taco. We gotta make him to like. We got to make him, like, miss shots. We got to send him back to Taco Bell. Yep. Um, I swear, man. I swear Duke can win this tournament. We are set, Even dude, though, we are set up to we, win. And if Cam Reddish gets going tomorrow or Sunday and um, – see, like, right there, Taco Fall is he's, – he, he's only playing, like, three, four minutes at a time. So, all Duke's got to do is when he's off the court, like, just make runs when he's off the court because we can play with them. Dude, Zion. I didn't watch tonight's game, but did Joey Baker play yes, any? Joey Baker played in. Nice. Um, also, if you guys didn't see, I think it was the start of the second half, uh, Zion, who was 285, outran a point guard for North Dakota State University for a loose ball. I've seen that, and it was like one of his – he passed it to uh, no, think, no, Cam. No, he ended up making – he ended up going behind the back. He slipped, went behind the back, and he made uh, – I think it was an and one. <laughs> so, well, he, he missed that – he missed that uh, – what? Here's the free throw line. He made the first one. Missed the second. Got his own rebound. Dunked it. That was just – that was crazy right Here there. comes VCU with Taco Fall off the, off the court. They got seven yeah. minutes. That's how you. Oh. That's how you beat Taco Fall. Is is a shoot, uh, your mid range game because obviously you're not going to drive against them. Well, you know VCU likes to get out and run, and Taco Fall and, and UCF and them have slowed it down on them. So yeah. if they can get them, if they can get UCF tired, they could come back and win this game, and it would be Duke versus VCU, which would be great because then, you know, I, I don't I don't think anybody matches well with Zion. Zion's vertical leap, he would out jump Taco Fall. Yeah. And more power. He's. Look, are any any of y'all against uh, RJ Barrett being national player of the year? If, look, if RJ Barrett wins the Namus Award, I'll be happy for him. But we, right now, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a Duke fan. I love RJ Barrett and I love Zion. 
but I will not be surprised if J.A. Morant wins the nameless player of the year. That dude, I'm going to put it like this, he is the truth. J.A. Morant is a beast. He will be um, – I don't think he's going to be as good as Zion or R.J. Barrett in the league, I think. But I think if he goes to – the problem with him is, is he's worked his way up into the top two picks. It'll go Zion and J.A. Morant. And then you have Barrett, and then you have two other ones. Cam Reddish is falling off a little bit. And he can Cam Reddish will be back at Duke next that year. That would be cool. I would like for him and Trey to come back. But, see, here's the problem with that. We've got two seniors leaving. Trey's not going right, nowhere. Well, okay, look, you got two seniors leaving, which gives us yeah. two spots plus the two Zion and RJ leaving. That is – Four people, which means um, somebody would extra would have to leave. So if we bring Vernon Carey, Wendell Moore, and Boogie Ellison, and we get Matthew Hurt, then right there we would probably have to lose Bolden to the NBA, which I could see happening. And I want somebody would transfer, or like you know. Bolden would, Bolden would transfer. Now, Bolden would probably go to the NBA. I don't think he would transfer. But if we get yeah, – I think, I think he, he wants to go to the NBA. But here's the thing. I would, yeah. I would be okay with us not getting Matthew Hurt if we kept Cam Reddish and Trey Jones. Like, to go along with Baker, Jack White, Goldwire, O'Connell, and say Bolden decides to come back, Bolden and Javin. Right there you've got – see, Javin, Bolden, Jack, Alex – Goldwire, Cam Trey, there's seven. Baker, there's eight. And then um, you throw in Win Vernon and um, Boogie. So there's eleven. And then you have um, then you have uh, you have Justin Robinson, and then you have uh, Buck Myers. And I would be okay with that. Plus Coach K's. We would have fourteen with Coach K, with Coach K's grandson. Yeah, his grandson's coming. Too. He's gonna walk on, ain't he? Yeah, he's gonna walk on. He's gonna be a preferred walk on. <laughs> and he's gonna be playing too. Watch what I tell he, you, dude. If he can come out and be like Lee Malkioni, I'll be happy. No. If nobody, I think he'll Lee no, Malkioni, he was on the 2014 with JJ Redick, and in crucial games. He would come off the bench and shoot three-pointers like crazy. He was a left-handed dude. Loved the kid. Loved the dude. I don't know if many people remember him. Um, there was this other dude, Martinez Poches. He was from Germany or Russia. Didn't he transfer or something? Yeah, didn't he transfer? No, Poches stayed with us four years. Um, yeah. He played with Greg Paulus and Josh McRoberts. Um, yeah. He was a good one. Let's see. We had Michael Benjay. He transferred. We had um, – in recent years, uh, what he go to? Uh, he went to Syracuse. Oh yeah. And Trey then did. we had that dude. Uh, he went to SMU. He transferred. Jordan. See, this year Jordan Tucker. He's in Boston been, now. Dude, Jordan Tucker yeah, has been nice to have this year on this team. I'm sorry, but Jordan Tucker was. I, he should have went to like Syracuse him. or somewhere, man. Like he should have never transferred. Like he should have never, tra- he should have never came to Duke. Like you, you, Duke gave the, gave him a scholarship late. It's the same thing with Jordan Goldwire. Jordan Goldwire, with his defense right now, could play at any other school. 
but he chose to play at Duke. We come in late. We took him from Western Kentucky, and we're going to be like we're going to be good. Like I love I love Goldie, man. Goldie has he made that three earlier tonight, and I was like, damn, there he is, Goldie for three, man. What is uh, what is Boogie's real Boogie name? Ellis. That's his real name, I think. Get the heck out. I swear to God, dude, I really his name is Boogie Ellis. Or something. You gotta look it up. I, I'm I don't know if Boogie's in the name or nickname or what, but yeah. Let me see here, man, because come on. That uh and Steve just texted me and said thanks again, Steve. Thank you. No, thank you, thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Um yeah, I'm gonna, I'm about to look that up. <laughs> if his name is Boogie Ellis, I think it's like oh, Ray, then my Ray, name, yeah, Rajon, Rajon, Boogie Ellis, uh, Rajin, I don't know, Rajon. I think I think it's Rajon. Okay, because if his name is Boogie Ellis, then I'm uh, Chipsaw. Because come on, man, that, that's a cool name. That's a cool name. BCU down yeah. twelve, coming back. Uh, how many uh? How many minutes they got? It's uh, 10 points, 62-52. PCU's ratcheting up their defense, and yeah. Taco Falls probably still on the bench. No, Taco Falls in the game, but he ain't. Dude, it's like uh, he's not jumping, man. Like, he's just, yeah, shitting. <laughs> I don't think we're going to have an issue with UCF, man. Like, even if I they, so. like, I just, Who uh, who do you think is going to be the first number one seed to fall? Uh, 